You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Gators Breakdown, the Gators Fan Podcast, because there's never a dull moment in Gator Nation. The Gators Breakdown Podcast is ready to go. I'm your host, David Waters, and you can find me on Twitter at GatorDave underscore SCC, and let's get straight into this preview on this episode. I am joined by Will Gunter, who has previewed the Gamecocks for us the last couple of years and definitely had to get him on again for the matchup this week. You can find him as co-host of uh, the early game on 107.5, the game up in Columbia, South Carolina. Will, thanks for joining us here on Gators Breakdown. Glad to do it, man. Hope you're having a great week as we turn the calendar into mid-November and, and wrap up this season. Oh, I know. It, it, uh, it flies by, flies by, and flies by. And for, for both of these teams, it's kind of been a roller coaster this season. It's been an interesting season, certainly, and and they come in right now uh, heading in two different directions. I know we'll talk about that. It's kind of an interesting point in the season, and uh, certainly the ties that these two programs have built with each other, especially South Carolina with Steve Spurrier and now Will Muschamp, an interesting relationship that the Gamecocks and the Gators are building here over time. Absolutely, absolutely. So, Will, uh, we uh, we found out just how small this world can be. I I saw you at SEC Media Days in July. Uh, and then a couple of weeks later, I go on vacation up at uh, Sunset Beach in uh, North Carolina with my, with my wife's side of the family. Uh, I get to talking to my wife's stepbrother, and it turns out you and Joseph are, are really close, good friends. And so uh, what a small world it is. Yeah, it's definitely. But And I saw great, great pictures. I saw where y'all were able to, to, to all dress up in your uh, your favorite team's apparel for your, your beach pictures. So very good job on your family's behalf there, not just doing the the usual everybody dress in white and pose with the ocean behind <laughs> you guys very creative very creative waters family yeah yeah so uh you know uh, good good shout out there to uh, my side the family it was uh i think that was that was their idea getting all the flags of uh i think it was it was florida south carolina georgia and alabama uh represented with an sec flag as well to tie it all in together so yeah it was a it's a good time and like i said it's, it's funny to see how small this world is and uh, how how we know some of the same people and didn't even know it Yes, exactly right. <laughs> All right, before we dive in, remember you can find Gators Breakdown on news4jacks.com slash Gators Breakdown. There you'll find all the Gators Breakdown episodes as well as articles from the News 4 Jack sports team. And also catch us on iTunes, Google Play, YouTube, Spotify, wherever you listen to a podcast, you can find Gators Breakdown there. And when you're using those services, please share, rate, and review the show. And on social media, follow Gators Breakdown on Twitter and Facebook at Gators 
breakdown. And Will, you mentioned it. The Gamecocks are the exact opposite of the Gators right now, two and zero after their bye week, while Florida's at zero and two after their bye week, uh, with a nice comeback win versus Tennessee, and then a, a shootout versus Ole Miss. This team has found a way to to win the game the last couple of weeks against uh, uh, it, you know teams they should beat, but uh, going about it in different ways. Well, I think what's interesting is even the last four weeks, they've rallied from double digits down. Going back to the Missouri game, this is a team that's uh, Missouri back uh, the beginning of October. This is a team that, again, they fell behind double digits to Missouri. They came back and won. They fell behind double digits to Texas A&M, 16 to nothing. Came back, they lost that game. But same thing, lost, uh, fell behind by, by double digits, 21 to nine to Tennessee and came back. And then last week, 44-34 in the fourth quarter. And they rallied to win the ball game. So, you know, it's been one of those things where South Carolina right now has showed some resiliency. I think it's paid off the last two weeks. This is a more confident team that will show up in Gainesville on Saturday and one that, that never thinks that they're truly out of it. It's a different team that two years ago when they came down there, Jake Bentley said this week they got down by about 14 points. They felt like they were down 50 to Florida. So it's going to be a little bit of a different team that shows up in Gainesville on Saturday afternoon, Saturday to uh, the, the, just in terms of how they're handling themselves right now. Would you say there's anything different from, from, since the bye week? You know, the 2-0, and o, but as you mentioned, the wins, was there, any, is it, was there anything different that happened that you saw before the bye week to what you've seen these last two weeks? No, I, I think the biggest thing is Jake Bentley has played better. Jake Bentley, uh, he had an awful first quarter against Texas A&M through a very poor interception in the end zone that maybe changes the outcome of that game. But he played really well in the second, third, and fourth quarters. I thought he played really, really well against uh, Tennessee. And then last week was conceivably his best performance of his career against uh, Mississippi. And I know Mississippi's defense is very bad. Nobody is trying to sell you on Mississippi having a good defense. But the bottom line was he's played better football, really, the last 11 quarters. And so if you point to one thing, maybe that's it. The wide receivers have made some plays downfield. Um, but I, I don't. I, I think right now it's a matter of Kentucky and Georgia – were flat out better than South Carolina. Uh, the Gamecocks got in too deep of a hole, 16 points to Texas A&M, and it couldn't quite come back and win in that game. But other than that, they've, they've beaten the teams, as you said, that they're better than. They've lost to the teams that are probably not as good as. And you mentioned Bentley and the kind of roller coaster season that he's had. You know, I think what boot at home at one point, and uh, Florida fans know how that is too with with the quarterbacks and the, and the booing there. Uh, he's dealing been dealing with injuries, uh, as you said, questions of beating the the better teams on the schedule. Um, you say he's, would you say he's bounced back and, and, and kind of confident for this last stretch run of the season? I will, I, I think we'll have a better answer of that on Saturday. And, and, and that's because the answer is yes, but I also have to, to look at the fact that Tennessee and, and Mississippi are struggling to play defense right now. They're not very good defenses. And so not that I think Florida is a great defense or one that they've had the last few years. But going, going to the Swamp is different than going to Oxford and, and then also beating Tennessee at your home stadium. He has played better. The answer is yes to that question, but I think some of us want to see him play that way in a game like this that matters a little bit more and then say, okay, yes, he's taking the necessary steps forward. We'll get into the whole injury situation that I know kind of occurred last week. I mean, kind of all season, but also last week, uh, you know, when it was ramped up against Ole Miss, and the first player I'll ask about dealing with injuries, uh, you know, from last week, running back Rico Dattle, is he good to go? And if he's limited, uh, what should we watch for with the South Carolina run game? Great question. 
And I wish we I wish we could have a good answer for you. <laughs> As you might know, Will Muschamp is a little stingy on those those practice yeah. reports. We're actually learning uh, more and more as we go. Remember, remember DJ Wanham. Uh, I saw DJ Wanham going. DJ Wanham, the defensive end. Uh, I saw him going into a press conference the week before the Georgia game, and he was in a cast. He had a cast, and he had a little scooter. And I I, I said, I don't think he's going to be able to play. And Will Muschamp. I didn't say that to Will Muschamp, but Will Muschamp at his press conference said, oh, he's fine. He, he'll practice tomorrow and he'll be fine. Well, DJ Wanham missed, I, I think, like five weeks. So um, Rico Dowdle supposedly did not practice yesterday. He did practice today. My personal opinion is, no, he's out. Um, now, I don't think that hurts South Carolina. I'll tell you that. I, I don't think Rico Dowdle uh, being out hurts South Carolina. Aaron Sterling is another guy that we're keeping an eye on, a defensive end. Uh, you, you don't want to lose guys, but I don't think that's a massive loss. The one that we're all keeping an eye on, Bryson Allen Williams, the linebacker who's done a good job throughout the year of getting pressure on a quarterback or or being just a, a team leader, uh, did not practice again today. That is something to keep an eye on. I think he'll probably play just because he is a senior. He's one of those kids that doesn't need to practice much, but there's no way he's going to be 100% uh, for the game. But to, to answer Rico Dowdle, I think South Carolina will be fine at running back with Tyson Williams, with A.J. Turner, with Mon Denson. My expectation is Rico Dowdle doesn't play. I'd be surprised if he played, but we'll see. All right. And, uh, of course, uh, the big-time playmaker that we all come in knowing this season, uh, of course, wide receiver Debo Samuel leads the team in receptions, but, you know, you couldn't make the case he hasn't been the best playmaker as far as the wide, re wide receiver position goes this season. Is that a case of uh, opposing teams scheming to take him away? And to extend that thought, what a season Brian Edwards is having? No, it's not. Debo Samuel got a lot of credit for returning kicks last year and for, for a big play, for a couple of big plays here and there in the passing game. I was one of the few people around here, and, and, and uh, people weren't particularly – happy when I questioned how good is Debo Samuel I, I'm not saying he's not really good uh but but I think you know I was talking about him being a Heisman can candidate last year after the beginning of the season and he was doing this and that Debo Samuel's a very good football player but you know he he was catching some highlights for some big time explosive plays um when that wasn't always the norm for him this is the first season he's really been able to stay healthy for a whole year at least to date and, and I think you're seeing a very good football player, but a guy, too, that, that needs to become more consistent. Well, it's his senior year of college, so maybe he'll become more consistent in the pros. Um, he did have the big kickoff return last week. I, I, I'd be shocked if Dan Mullen in Florida took a chance and kicked it to him this week. That just doesn't seem like a good idea. But certainly he's one of a, a wide receiving group that's been very solid. You mentioned Brian Edwards. Brian Edwards has had two very good weeks all of a sudden catching two deep balls. He caught a big one, a 73-yarder against Tennessee that he was tackled on the one-yard line. He caught a 75-yarder uh, that was went for a touchdown last week and, and has been very good. Now, he's got a bum ankle. He's not going to be 100%. Um, I think that's something to keep an eye on. But he's certainly played better here in the last part of the season. Brian Edwards has had some big drops, big, big drops throughout the season, a big one against Texas A&M that would have gone for a long touchdown. So he needs to continue that as well. And you mentioned you brought him up earlier and uh, uh, defense finally got defensive end DJ Wanham back versus Tennessee. How has he fit back into the lineup and what has his return meant to the South Carolina defensive front and the, and the pass rush? Well, they, they get more size. South Carolina is a team in transition. There, there's no doubt about it. When you look at their defense and where they're going, and I think Florida fans know this as well as anywhere uh, as anyone, 
Will Muschamp's going to recruit good defensive players, and he's doing so. You look at the defensive linemen that are freshmen now, the, the guys he has coming in next year when you got two uh, recruits, Zach Pickens, a five-star, and Joseph Anderson, a four-star. That defensive line is going to be good in time, but right now they're, they're on the thin side in terms of size. Um, and so D.J. Wadham, who's closer to 260 pounds, gives them a legitimate edge rusher, somebody who can seal the edge, who can get to the quarterback in the pass rushing situation. It gives them a little bit more girth, even though we're talking about a guy who's still only 260 pounds. So it, it's just been big getting a guy back with experience that can get to the quarterback and that also is strong enough to take on a tackle at the, at the edge and seal that off and force a running back back inside. And now, go, you know, I mentioned it earlier, and we had to go and, and go back to the injuries that occurred versus Ole Miss. And you know, the injuries are really kind of creeping up for South Carolina, especially after last week, much like Florida earlier this season is in, is in that secondary. Uh, what are we looking at there with Jemias Williams and Javon Charleston now out for the rest of the season? And it looks like this also affects the cornerback position as players are kind of moving all over to help with safety. It does. I think the biggest thing that you talk about this impacting is how much man-to-man can South Carolina play defensively. You're right. Jemias Williams and Javon Charleston both out, both safeties, both out for the season. Um, they'll, they'll put a guy out there in, in Jalen Dickerson, who was a guy that Will Muschamp loved. And, and this was a guy that he and Travars Robinson kind of found and unearthed out of Pinehurst, North Carolina. And he enrolled early had a great spring practice back in 2017 and was a guy that they thought would play a lot of snaps last year, but he suffered an arm injury, suffered a shoulder injury and was out all of 2017. And there had been a lot of speculation. Why had Jalen Dickerson not been playing more? Why had he not worked his way into the rotation? We found out this week that injury he sustained was far more serious than anybody ever let on. It goes back to your question about, about uh, injuries and what must change. Let's out. He had lost feeling in his shoulder, and and the muscle was not working properly. Jalen Dickerson is a guy who came in at the end of last week's game and is just now really getting back to form where they liked him. He, he has very limited reps, so you're getting a guy who's basically a true freshman and, and a legitimate true freshman from the standpoint. He's only got about 30 practices under his belt, uh, even though he's a redshirt freshman, but I expect him to play more. But the depth is still hurting, and so what ends up happening here is Will Muschamp and Travars Robinson would love to play more man-to-man, but you don't have the depth to put out there and give guys a breather. You'll probably end up seeing more zone defense on Saturday from from South Carolina, which is not what those guys like to do. Uh, Will, from from afar, you know, Florida got off to that great start, and then, as I mentioned earlier, 0-2 since the bye week. And from afar, what, what, what have you thought of Dan Mullen's first season at Florida and what you've seen uh, from this Gator program so far? Well, I think, you know, personally, it's funny. I had people yelling at me today about what I think about Notre Dame. Uh, and, and I think outside of, outside of Michigan, I don't think Notre Dame's beaten anybody. And, and so when you ask that question, I look at the competition that Florida's played. Um, you know, Mississippi State at the time looked like a great victory. Well, it turns out Nick Fitzgerald couldn't throw it against you and me and your cousin out there. Um, that maybe is not as good. Now, the, the LSU win was terrific, and there's something to be said for that. But I still thought that this would, this Florida team was a team in transition. And you saw some of the wins, and what you were getting was was kind of uh, a smoke and mirrors type team that was finding a way to win. But at the same time, maybe those wins weren't as impressive as we initially thought. And a perfect example, I, I've never been sold on LSU as a good football team. I, I think that they're a top 20 team. 
Are they a top were they were they a top five team? No way. Are they a tip, top ten team? I think that's questionable at best. But to me, I, I think Florida is having a good season because we didn't know what to expect. But I also think this is a team that again they're winning the turnover battle. And and when you can win a turnover battle, you win a lot of football games. But there's nothing on offense that really impresses me. The defense is 80-something. 80, 80 they're in the 80s in terms of rush defense. The pass defense is not great. They're kind of getting opportune turnovers that, that change the momentum of a game. So this is a team that I think is still in a big transition with Dan Mullen. And the key is going to be recruiting. Can he go out and recruit the elite athletes that we've seen Steve Spurrier and even Ron Zook and an Urban Meyer bring in that set those teams up for success? Will and uh, we got. I think we have to ask since it's official now, and look, we have about a month before this game kicks off. But before I let you go, got to ask you, Georgia Alabama. We know that's the uh, the uh, SEC championship game right now. How do you see uh, that that playing out, uh, kind of kind of from afar? Does, can Georgia match anything that Alabama can do? You know what's going to be interesting about that game. Uh, not that I think Georgia Tech is going to throw a wrench into Georgia. But if you gave Kirby Smart a month to prepare for Alabama, I would say, okay, it's probably going to be a much closer game than everybody thinks. The problem here is you're going to go from Georgia Tech's triple option offense. Uh, and, and I don't think Georgia Tech's very good. And I'm going to get back to this. But you're going to have to completely change what you do defensively for one week for Georgia Tech. And then you're going to say, okay, now we got to turn around and we got to prepare for Tua Tunga Viola and those wide receivers and those running backs and everything that Alabama brings to the table. And that's going to be exceptionally hard, uh, unlike preparing for Oklahoma and Baker Mayfield and then getting ready for Alabama the next week. So I, I don't know if Georgia is going to be able to, to stay with Alabama maybe like everybody thinks. I think Georgia's still got some flaws to their football team. We'll see if last week was, was what they want to be now. They finally got DeAndre Swift going. Uh, Elijah Holyfield had the big week against Kentucky. If they run the football, maybe they make that game more competitive. Alabama's defense, you can get some plays on those guys. But I, I, I'm telling you right now, keep an eye on that. Having to switch and prep for a triple option for one full week and, and play a team that you're going to beat in Georgia Tech and then go back to prepping for Alabama, I'll be interested to see how Kirby Smart handles that. Because if they were playing, say, you know, Georgia State, who ran a typical offense, the week of Thanksgiving, I would say, look, keep an eye on this. They'll keep it close. But that triple option will give teams fits. See what they see what Georgia Tech did to Virginia Tech just a couple weeks ago. So I got Alabama win the game. They'll probably win by two touchdowns. But that one might be a little bit closer than people anticipate going into the fourth quarter. All right, Will Gunther. So uh, before I let you go, of course, uh, you don't have to do, give a score prediction, but uh, maybe a key for South Carolina to win this game and, and a key for what uh, these Gator fans listening uh, to maybe take advantage of South Carolina. You know, I, I, think, I, I think South Carolina wins this football game because I see two programs going in different directions right now, but um, I, I say that, and, and, and you're right. It's probably just, just the person in Columbia, South Carolina speaking, so Gator fans <laughs> throw their tomatoes uh, at their computer screen right now. We'll, we'll see. I think it'll be a good game. I think from South Carolina standpoint, uh, can they run the football and take the pressure off of Jake Bentley? I, I still I, I count me in one of those people. Can Jake Bentley put together another game against a big time opponent? Um, it's something that a lot of people have talked about on a consistent basis with Jake Bentley. 
the fact that he's played the way he has the last few weeks and limited the interceptions and all of a sudden seems to be making great decisions with the football, I think gives South Carolina fans hope. Defensively, again, South Carolina can be beaten. But who's it going to be? Felipe Franks? Is it Kyle Trask? Do we see Emory Jones? I got a feeling they'll be prepared for Kadarius Toney. But what is Florida's quarterback situation? And can Florida's quarterback take advantage of South Carolina's deficiencies on defense? Because I don't feel like Felipe Franks and Kyle Trask right now can necessarily do that. If you were more settled at the quarterback position, if you felt better about getting the ball out to the playmakers like Jefferson and Grimes, uh, Cleveland, those guys, all of a sudden it might be a little bit different story. I think South Carolina can limit the run game. I think they will limit the run game. I think they'll force Franks or Trask, whomever it may be, to beat them. And, you know, that'll go back to my question to you, and I know y'all discuss all week. Can Franks or Kyle Trask go out and beat South Carolina through the air? Jared Garantano's perfect. Look at what South Carolina did with Tennessee. They basically said, hey, Jared Garantano, we'll allow you to throw for 300 yards. Can you beat us? Well, Garantano couldn't do it. Tennessee's not Florida. I get that. But I think it's going to be a similar game plan to that. My biggest concern, again, is Jake Bentley. If he starts turning the ball over, if, if he puts the ball in jeopardy, and Florida does what they've done in key situations this year, which is win the turnover battle, that's where South Carolina doesn't win this football game. Yeah, kind of you, the way you look at it uh, for your for, for for South Carolina is exactly the way I look at it for Florida. Can can the quarterback make the play uh, when you when they're going to have to make the play? Whoever it is, <laughs> it, it'll, it'll be there. The, the plays will be there to be had. South Carolina. I like South Carolina secondary. They're going to move Rashad Fenton back to safety. I don't know Rashad Fenton, who's who's leads the team in interceptions on the year with three, is going to probably be the starting safety. Stephen Montag, the other safety, has had an awful year. He he's just been exposed by everybody. J.C. Horn, the freshman, and and they're going to play another freshman, number 24, Israel Mukwamu is going to play a lot. Uh, Keyshawn Nixon has been beaten at times. There will be opportunities throughout this game for the quarterback to make a play. Florida fans have got to show up either believing. If you think Florida's going to win, you think that because you believe Felipe Franks or Kyle Trask or a combination of the two is able to make the big plays, make the big passes. And I'll tell you this, and you guys might know this from Will Muschamp, I think the other thing you're going to see is what, what they tried to do with Mississippi, they're going to try and make Franks and Trask dink and dunk them. They will not give up the big play. So can Franks or Trask go on a 10, 12, 14 play drive where they don't make that mistake, where they don't have a couple and end up behind the chain? If Florida can do that, yeah, then, then Florida's got a great chance to win the game. But so far, you look at last week, even in that Mississippi game, they go for 616 yards, but the defense ended up paying off in the fourth quarter. All right, that's Will Gunter from the early game on 107.5 The Game up in Columbia, South Carolina. Will, man, I can't thank you enough for, for the great preview of Florida, South Carolina here. Always glad to do it. Hope you all have a great weekend. I'm not coming. I'm going to Charleston, South Carolina. I'm going to go watch the game somewhere far more comfortable than being in the swamp. <laughs> all right, Will, thank you very much, man. Take care. See you later. All right, Will Gunter out there joining us here on Gators Breakdown. Great preview, I tell you. He knows those Gamecocks and knows college football, knows SEC football with the best of them. So definitely a good time we can get Will on here and, and give us that good preview of this game coming up here on Saturday. And kind of like how uh, Will mentioned and what we were talking about here, the game, the Gamecocks have figured out how to win some close games the last couple of weeks. And, uh, you know, Florida has been pretty good in, in close game situations as well, but the last two weeks have gotten away from the Gators and, uh, 
South Carolina can ugly the game up and keep things tight. Uh, and each of uh, South Carolina's last four games has been decided by four points or fewer. Uh, and that's 12 points total there. So uh, the key is, and we'll mention it there uh, for, for me too, for South Carolina and what Florida must stop South Carolina from doing is uh, the, the key is getting uh, Jake, Jake Bentley hot early and for Florida to not let him get hot early. You know, it's Florida secondary can be good. We've seen it, but it's been picked apart over the last couple games. And, you know, with Jake Fromm and Georgia hitting over 70% of their passes and three scores and Drew Locke on fire last week and throwing for three touchdowns as well. Billy need needs to connect on, on on passes that are there that probably will be there on this Florida uh, uh, secondary. Take advantage of his opportunities there, uh, and because you know South South Carolina can move the ball, they can move the chains. The offense isn't bad uh, coming up with yards, but you know they are dead last in the SEC in time of possession. So holding on to the ball for just over twenty five minutes a game. So it's kind of feast or famine with the offense with, with yards, but not necessarily controlling the clock. So. You know, I thought this about the Florida quarterback situation anyway, but this is a game where Florida needs to grind it out with the run game and should be able to as long as Mullen sticks with it, I think. I, I do think Florida can run the ball a bit here, you know, and, uh, you know, it, it, it's one, because it should work, and two, make that South Carolina defense wear down by the time the fourth quarter rolls around. I think this would be a close game, and I think Florida needs to stick with the run game to get that South Carolina defense uh, worn out toward the end of the game. The, um Look, we mentioned it. Gamecocks defense is short on numbers with kind of the injuries that they're facing right now, especially in the secondary. So if Florida can get the run game going, passing game should really open up for some of the easier throws. Hey, look, and like Will mentioned and what we discussed last week, going back to that Missouri game with Felipe Franks, if the plays are going to be there, you have to hit them. I mean, there's no other way around it. If the, if the, if the receiver is open, hit the receiver. That's your job as a quarterback, uh, especially when you have the guy open hit the receivers and the, uh, the South Carolina defense hasn't been causing a lot of turnovers lately with just one in the last three games, uh, but not turning it over in, in the last game uh, for Florida anyway, you know, didn't turn it over against Missouri. didn't necessarily help Florida in, to stay in that game. So, but when you're trying to grind out a game, like I think Florida will do, then you can't turn the ball over in what I think will be limited opportunities on offense because, because of trying to play ball control offense and sustain long drives. And that's what Will point, pointed out too, sustain long drives, because I do agree there that Florida's probably going to have to stick with the run game, and I don't think South Carolina's going to give up too many big plays. They're going to, like he said, make Fleet Bay Franks and Kyle Trash, Dink and Duncan. Hey, Vanderbilt did it for a little while before they kind of got the, out of their game, and that's when Florida started hitting some big plays. Georgia did it, only giving up when the one big play – uh, when Florida took the lead there. Uh, so, you know, if you can make this Florida team kind of dink and dunk, you know, we'll see uh, if that comes around to points. But that's why I think this game will kind of lean on the run game and, and ask Franks and Trask, not the Franks or Trask, not to uh, hit or, or and, I guess. <laughs> we, we don't really know how it's going to play out um, that, you know, to take to march down the field. So, you know, look at you look at the South Carolina schedule and, it's been the teams that can be physical and run the ball that have given them the most problems. Georgia, Kentucky, Texas A&M, uh, and South Carolina found a way to beat the less you know physical, more passing teams like Missouri, Ole Miss, and, and Vanderbilt. So this is a game to get P. Ryan, Scarlett, Pierce going, find ways to get creative uh, in the run game, maybe with Kadarius Tony as well. And, and then once that uh, you know, piece – you know, piece together secondary is thinking all run, take your shots in the passing game. I don't necessarily think it matters who the quarterback is. The game plan will be the same either way. You know, where, where, where South Carolina worries me the most is going back to Jake Bentley and getting 
confident early. He can be a pretty good quarterback when put with playing uh, with some confidence, and he seems to have found that the last couple of weeks. Started slow versus Tennessee two weeks ago, and then came out in the second half. Uh, look, he had 61 yards passing and an interception in the first half, but then finished the game 11 to 16 for 152 yards and a touchdown, 68.8 completion percentage. And then led uh, South, Carolina, South Carolina to scores in their last three possessions of that game. So he was a gamer in that game. Uh, got South Carolina in position to win that game. Close game. And Jake Bentley played well in the second half and late in the fourth quarter. And look, and then he took advantage of uh, of the Ole Miss defense last week, 22 of 32 for 363 yards and two touchdowns. So they look, that's where we talk about some confidence coming in uh, for Jake Bentley. And now look, we also saw Joe Burrow a lot of Ole Miss the week before coming into the swamp earlier this season. Uh, but this Gator defense isn't playing close to that level right now that, as they were playing against LSU. Uh, but, you know, you can – uh, you know, I don't know how much you can take away a quarterback playing well versus Ole Miss because you know, like I said, we saw we saw it uh, before with Joe Burrow, and uh, but Bentley has been able to play better. So um, you know, so, so can this Florida pass rush find itself again? Put pressure on Bentley. If so, then I really like Florida's chances. But if not, then it could look a little like the last couple of weeks. And you know, Bentley isn't from or locked, but he can make you pay if you sit there. Don't get don't don't get pressure on him. And let him pick you apart, and what he has shown, uh, you know, basically the last I think six quarters um, uh, after uh, South Carolina's uh, bye week there. So, you know, look, I'm also predicting uh, a very close game here. And Will Muschamp has found a way to win a lot of close games uh, at South Carolina over his you know three year career at South Carolina. Muschamp has a 59 percent winning percentage overall, but look at one score games, and that percentage jumps up to 76 and a half percent. Uh, he was four and two in one score games during his first year in 2016. Last season, um, a six and one mark w- in one score games, and now three and one record this season uh, with all four uh, of their, their one score games coming in the last four games. So if it's a close game, uh, you know, Will Muschamp and that South Carolina team is pretty comfortable in that role uh, with him as head coach leading, leading those type of situations there, there. So with all that said, uh, this one's tough. Uh, this one is tough. I, and you guys know if it's close, I'll let the bias take over there. So I'll pick the Gators here, but I, I can also tell you that I'm not, I'm not super confident uh, in picking Florida here, mostly because of the quarterback position, of course. Uh, but I'll pick Florida 23-20 uh, as the Gators run game gets going, keeps that South Carolina offense on the sidelines. I think that'd be enough to kind of frustrate Bentley in the offense as, as they'll try to hit big plays and, and, and Florida will get to Bentley enough to make a difference and that's a prediction and not one i'm super confident in you know but florida needs florida needs to find a sense of desperation you know and this is kind of going from off the field you know this is stuff we can't measure stuff we can't look at stuff we can't put numbers on but you know but i wasn't too pleased when i heard this week you know josh hammond say the players may not have prepared the white way right way versus missouri last week because they felt they weren't playing for much being out of the sec uh, race in the college football playoff race i mean come on you're coming off a four and seven season. You have a new coach. Things look bright even after a loss to Georgia. There were there's plenty to play for to be better than whatever you call last year. Uh, play for your teammates. Play for yourself. Play hard because you're tired of losing. And that, that should be the mindset. And Mullins' biggest obstacle for this team is to play their best and get rid of that defeatist attitude. 
Uh, yes, you lost to Georgia. But so what? Turn it around and, and, and beat Missouri. Turn it around to, to a team that was also reeling and decided they were going to come in and play hard, and you didn't. So that, you know, that should be a punch in the gut, a punch in the face, and uh, you know, come come out now with some desperation. Come out with a fire that you want to win. You know, if these players don't these players don't take it upon themselves to do that, then we'll see another performance just like we saw last week. Yeah, you know, I, I fully believe that. If these guys don't want to come out here and, and put forth the effort. You know, and it's not just on Saturday. You know, what did you do from Monday to to to, to Thursday in, in practice? You know, I think you have to look at it that way. So, I think I think uh, you know, Mullen's got his work cut out for him with it, with, with the mental aspect of his team, and maybe we see we see him bounce back this week uh, in, in that in that light. So there we go. Kind of you know things around this game, uh, maybe how I see it playing out, and and things to kind of look out for uh as well so before we wrap up here on this episode let's take a look around the sec and other games of interest uh miami travels to georgia tech with a three-game losing streak and florida state travels to notre dame so both of those games are at night and and don't look favorable for either one uh so all of the big three have lost the last two weeks and it looks like two of the three for sure will lose again hopefully florida can stop that streak and beat south carolina while uh you know, it looks like uh, I wouldn't pick Miami to beat Georgia Tech right now, and I definitely wouldn't pick FSU to beat Notre Dame. So hopefully, you know, this is not three weeks in a row, all three lose. <laughs> and, and Florida's the one that comes out on top. Let's take a look. Week 11 around the SEC before we get off here. Florida-South Carolina is a noon game, ESPN, of course. And uh, also at noon, Vanderbilt in Missouri on the SEC Network. And another noon game, so three games at noon. This is Ole Miss and Texas A&M on CBS. And at 3.30 on CBS, Mississippi State and Alabama. Uh, I don't know about that game. Uh, how does Alabama come back after, uh, you know, the the emotional game uh, against LSU and, and shutting out LSU? Mississippi State is playing a little bit better. Uh, maybe, maybe close for a little bit, but uh, probably another blowout Alabama win. Uh, later on, no, no, actually at 3.30 as well is Kentucky and Tennessee. So how does Kentucky bounce back after all the uh, hype and stuff of the SEC East Championship game against Georgia last week and coming out uh, not winners there. Uh, Tennessee playing a little bit better, but uh, they kind of falter last week against Charlotte. I think it was like a 14-3 to win uh, over a pretty terrible program there. So, you know, so that game's an SEC network at 3.30, Kentucky and Tennessee. Night game, ESPN, Auburn, and Georgia, South's oldest rivalry, or Deep South oldest rivalry there. Uh, what happens there? You know, Auburn playing better uh, as the season goes along. Uh, Georgia, after that Kentucky game, after wrapping up the SEC East, Georgia's the better team, but I still I, I think that one's kind of tricky. I think Auburn may have something for them a little bit, but I'll still pick Georgia uh, to win that game. And then at 7.30, SEC uh, wraps up that night with – Number seven, LSU, and Arkansas. Uh, the game you know, used to be player, played late in the season, uh, last week of the season, but I think LSU and A&M play now the last week of the season. So LSU and Arkansas uh, wrap up the SEC that week. So Florida, South Carolina, Will Muschamp comes back to the swamp. And uh, look, I think it's going to be a close game. As I said, everything that we mentioned, uh, you know, Will Gunter also joining me and uh, given his thoughts, you know, it does sound like there's some things Florida can take advantage of. There's some things South Carolina can take advantage of. I think it does hinge on what quarterback plays better, Bentley or Felipe Franks or Emory Jones. Who knows? You know, I do I, I do think with all the questions surrounding the quarterback position, we may see 
kind of a surprise of something. And you know, maybe Kadarius Tony in the role uh, a little bit. And maybe we do see Emory Jones, you know, something that not necessarily thought about a lot. We don't know how that red shirt situation will be taken care of in the two games he may play in from here on out. Uh, so I, I do think we'll get some kind of wrinkle there uh, to, to get something, get a score, uh, hopefully early on. Because as I said, you know, before last week, it was four games that Florida didn't score in the first quarter, only a field goal last week. So three points in the last five games in the first quarter for Florida. And South Carolina is a slow starting team as well. Got off to a fast start against Ole Miss last week, but traditionally different or not traditionally, but you know, this season, South Carolina has been a slow starting team as well. So it could be both teams off to a slow start uh, if the season kind of plays out the way it has been. So, you know, maybe, maybe don't expect a lot of fireworks early, uh, early on in this one. So as I mentioned, thanks to Will Gunter for joining me here on Gators Breakdown. Like he has, I think, the, almost since we've been on uh, as a podcast, uh, joining us here talking about uh, the South Carolina Gamecocks. As I said, if you're up there in Columbia, South Carolina, you can check him out on 107.5 The Game up in Columbia uh, and his show, The Early Game. I'm your host of Gators Breakdown, David Waters. You can find me on Twitter at GatorDave underscore SCC. Guys and girls out there. Thanks for listening to this episode of Gators Breakdown.